This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. Hello, I'm Eleanor Oldroyd, and before you get stuck into this podcast, I want to tell you about a brand new series on BBC Sounds. Five Live Sports, all about podcasts. We've got a new series that will be your deep dive podcast into the biggest names, biggest teams, and biggest events in sport around the world. From all about Shane Warne. If you've got me as a mate, I'll be loyal to you for the rest of my life, and I expect the same in return. To all about Michael Johnson. During the 90s, we were lulled to sleep thinking we're in a good place now. The civil rights era is over. Our parents fought for these rights that we have now we're in a good place now we see no we weren't we'll bring you closer to the biggest sporting stars and the most iconic sporting moments five live sports all about podcasts search for all about on bbc sounds now back to your podcast mills sprints in very full in the air and caught a wicket for tamar mills wood balls and he's yoked him Exceptional pace from Mark Wood. Good pace for radio inside England's World Cup bubble with Tamal Mills and Mark Wood. Hello, welcome back. Episode three, Good Pace for Radio with me, Tamal Mills. Hello, I'm Tamal Mills. Now I'm on a hat trick. And you're with me, Mark Wood. <laughs> I don't technically think hat tricks can span multiple games, can they? I think they should. I mean, it comes to my eyes. Any ball I let you get two in a row, I'm seeing hat-trick next game, aren't you? It doesn't feel the same. Like, I've, I've been lucky enough to take a couple of hat-tricks in T20 cricket. Listen, and... I'm ready to start the crowd <laughs> against Australia. I'm ready to get the clapping going if, if the you want. slow clap, yeah. first ball, and I come on to bowl in like the eighth over. People think, what the hell's going on yeah, here? Yeah, I'm ready for it to get going. <laughs> but no, um, we're here again, episode three. We're going all right, aren't we? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Two from two. Mm. Podcast is going well. And... You think we're winning because of the podcast? Yeah, probably. Like, mm. uh, we should, well, I'd, we probably should shouldn't trial it by not doing an episode and then seeing if we lose. No, no, let's definitely not do that. (laughs) So this week's guest is Mr. Chris Wokes, formerly known as The Wiz, The Wizard, The Great Man, The Opening Bowler, and The Whistler. Let's go with The Whistler. (laughs) The Whistler. Hello, Wokesy. How you going? You all right? Yeah, good, man. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. I feel yeah. honoured, actually, to be the first full-time guest. I know. Yeah, well, obviously, there's a long list of people out here, and we thought... First of all, who would say yes? That was yeah. the that was yeah. the first poor call, I wasn't can, it? I can imagine you've gone to me first there. But no, I can't say no. <laughs> exactly, but um, I feel under massive pressure. Just looking at him, his hair looks fantastic. Like I'm already man, nervous. But you got a lot of airtime. I was watching in the changing room when we were batting, and uh, you were obviously sat on the boundary edge. You were on the screen a lot. The camera, yeah, I saw that. I saw mm. what, camera just on? zoned in on Wokesy throughout the whole. It innings. was weird how he Trace. kept tensing his bicep though. Do you not think that was weird? <laughs> Trace kept telling me to stroke my beard. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, how you found it so far, mate? Well, obviously, we've touched kind of on how things have gone so far. You've had your family here, your wife, your little, and your two little girls, but they've uh, they've just left. So, how have you found the whole kind of tour experience so far? Yeah, it's been really good, mate. Um, first time they've probably been with me, uh, especially with the kids, for an extended period of time. So that was you know different but nice at the same time. Um, obviously, we had the isolation period in Oman, which. Um, felt like a bit of a holiday. I'm mm. not going to lie, um, but it, it was did. good for the kids, good for the for the families to get around each other. Um, and obviously, once the cricket got underway, it obviously gets a little bit more serious. But yeah, they've they've ventured home. I think Bubba Life finally got hold of got hold <laughs> of them a little bit. But um, no, really nice to have them here. And obviously, you know, with T20 cricket, we get a lot of time out of the out of the cricket mode, don't we? So um, yeah, been really good. Been really nice. good. So next game, if you get like I don't know three, four spit again, and you you know, are you going to fly them back across and say, look, you got to get back here. Look, I'm on a roll here. <laughs> I know, lucky omen, I reckon. But um, 
I don't know actually. It's, it's a weird one when you got when you're trying to get in cricket mode. Sometimes I reckon it's a good good thing to get you know kind of away from cricket and spending time with your family. Then also sometimes I feel like when I'm in cricket mode, I find it hard to kind of fully commit to family mode at the same mm. time. So we'll see. We'll see how the dynamic changes with um, with them not being here. We've but, got uh, we've got two lads here, me and T, who like to show us to spread the fielders out a little bit and then we've got Chris Wilkes here who doesn't get that chance no, does he? Mate. he has all the guys in oh well, good mate talk us through so far obviously we spoke the other night after the game didn't we you um, you didn't overly expect to be here you told me just yeah. with regards to the amount of T20 cricket you've played the last couple of years and then um, you obviously got to go during the English summer but you said to me you you didn't actually read too much into that did you? Yeah not at all mate I think you know having not played international T20 cricket since I think it was 2015 you know to start thinking about being selected in the World Cup squad would have been a bit ambitious so um, it was never really fully on my radar um, and then obviously got the, the call up in the summer with a few injuries knocking around or whatnot um, to get the call up was great great to be back around the, around the squad around the boys um, having not been around for a while but you know still didn't really expect to I suppose be in this this squad by any means um, as we touched on there there's there's a few injuries so kind of maybe gave my chances a little bit more of a chance but um, you know great to be amongst it and I think I said to you I said man I'm just pleased to be here it's great to be a part of what's an incredible white ball team um, and you know well it's a world cup a world cup for England um, they don't come around too often and the opportunity to play in them so Absolutely delighted to be here and really enjoying it so far. Yeah, no, and you've been smashing it as well. Obviously, you've made it so easy for you know me and CJ coming in. For those of you at home, it, it makes such a big difference coming in at the end of the power play or you know, just out of the power play when a team are two, three, four down. It makes your life so easy. What um, what's kind of been your your thought process going through in that in those first couple of overs? Yeah, you know? I think you're always looking for poles up front. I know you've just touched on it. it. Makes you know it makes the whole innings a little gives it a better. I suppose it just makes it easier for everyone, I suppose, when you're taking wickets in T20 cricket because you're always bowling at a new batter. They yeah. always feel like they need to get in a little bit to get a few balls grace, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I think looking to attack and you know that doesn't necessarily mean having three slips, but you just kind of look to try and get the batsman to make errors. I think a lot of the time in T20 cricket for myself, particularly with the new ball, is just kind of maybe giving yourself that extra ball before going to the change-up yep. a lot of the time. Um, giving yourself that opportunity for them to make a, a move rather than you kind of making the move too soon. Oh, God, um, let's hope Australia aren't listening. He's just giving all these tricks over here. This isn't going to go out until surely. No, this is the Aussie game. Mate, you'll be very surprised. Uh, Peachy, our producer, he turns these around pretty quickly. These will be out a, this afternoon. Maybe it's a bluff. Maybe yeah. it's a bluff if Davey Warner and Finch are uh, listening in. <laughs> they, know, they know what's coming. But um, no, look, I think wickets in the power play gives you a bit of a. I always feel it gives you that. Few balls, sort of grace, as I've said, but almost a honeymoon period as a bowler mm. gives you that few balls, which in T20 cricket is it's, a lot. It's a lot, yeah. Um, where you just feel that you could just, I don't know, you just you're on top of the team, you're on top of the batsman, and yeah, you just can do what you want to do for a change. He's uh, he's great and a night now all in one for us, Wilkes, isn't he? Because uh, he's great in the fact that he, he takes wickets, he keeps it tight, then we come on, but he's a nightmare as well as when we're, we're talking about communication, don't we, of what the wicket's doing. Yeah. And he's like, well, I just landed on a sixpence at the top of oh. off stone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, we're <laughs> spread out lower. <laughs> then I, bang, I bang one in short and wide. So I've gets cut for four. But um, you know, obviously we've had two great wins. We've spoken about, we've, we've had it all our own way. And it's been all our own doing, mm. but we've had it all our own way. We, we're yet to have a real tricky period, huh, really. And it's going to be, you know, it could happen tomorrow against Australia or Monday against Sri Lanka. We need to go through everything, don't we? You, you don't just... You do just want to have it easy throughout the whole competition, but sometimes it's nice to 
to go through a you know a close game, a sticky period as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think when you come through those sticky periods, like you, you come in against a, a good side and they give you a great game, but you come through it, it kind of gives you a real you know sense of belief, doesn't it? Mm. That you can get through any sort of, of game. I think T20 throws up. I always feel before a T20 game, it kind of gives you those. You always get anxieties as a player as to what's going to happen at the game. You know, you want it to go well, all that sort of business. But I feel with T20. You feel that anything can happen. So, like, as we yeah. touched on, I think we've spoke about it. We all spoke about it. it was no one expected the West Indies game to go yeah, like not a chance. No. Um, you know, bowling a side out like that for 55 um, is unheard of. And you know, to actually do that, we, we never have thought that would happen. So, um, I think you always feel going into a T20 game, you've got to kind of just expect the unexpected, think that anything can happen, kind of cover all bases. Um, but yeah, we, I think, you know, Australia will be a great game. I'm sure you. Know, Australia brings different sort of challenges, doesn't it? You know, you have that sort of rivalry and you know tradition behind it as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to. I've, I've you two have played against Australia a lot, all different formats, Test, ODI, T20. I've only ever played against Oz once, and it was in a 50-over tour game back when I was at Essex. Uh, I was I was maybe 20 years old, I think, and I thought it was back then. I was young, quick bowler. Thought I could, you know, bump mm-hmm. anybody and get away with it. I remember I came down the hill at Chelmsford, first ball, David Warner. Thought I'm, I'm letting him have it here. You know. Yeah. Thought I was a bit of something, banged it in, and he hit me over the pavilion at Chelmsford. The biggest, <laughs> probably still to this day, I've been hit for some big sixes. That was probably the biggest six I've ever hit. So um, yeah, like, I'm looking forward to taking on Australia. What do you, you know, what do you look forward to when you're playing against Australia? Even I, I guess it means a bit more in, t- in Test cricket than it does T20 cricket potentially. But what um, what are your experiences playing against Oz, Woody? Uh, no, any time you play against Australia, it's obviously like a big game. Um, I wonder if Wokes will tap into the memories of um, the 50 over World Cup where we started brilliant and you know it was a real good feel. I, I feel like for us as, as cricketers playing against Australia now, like where once upon a time it was talked about, you know, Australia are they're a fantastic side, but I feel like you know they would fear us. Like we've you know played them a lot lately. We've had good success against them, so we've also been beaten by them as well. But I feel like that's not that. You know, we, we, we will go into that game confident that we can beat Australia. So I don't feel like there's any sort of qualms about that. They'll have question marks about us as we you know we do about them. But thinking of Australia for me personally, it's always a big game. You're always nervous before any game. But Australia game, you, you, you're desperate to do well. You're desperate to you know beat your, your rivals. So in the World Cup, we lost to them first in the in the group stage. That hurt a lot. And then we put in a massive performance in the semi-final in the 50 over. So. And we'll be hoping we can, you know, carry some sort of momentum that we've had over the last few years against Australia. I think, would you say that's fair, Wilkesy? Yeah, no, 100%, mate. I think, you know, it's the games that we want to play in against Australia, you know, they're the games that people, you know, tend to tune in for, especially back home. And, you know, it's a chance to stamp your sort of authority on that sort of history of England versus Australia, albeit a T20. You know, obviously, Test cricket throws up different challenges and. You know, people kind of maybe just only follow that format, but England Australia in any format is a huge game. And as you've touched on there, Woody, we have you know done really well against them recently in over the last few years in white ball cricket. But as you said, they're a dangerous side and they're a world class side. On their day, they can beat anyone. So um, you know, we'll obviously do our research and our plans, won't we? But we go into it with with fuller confidence. That's for sure. All right. Well, before obviously you've got three fast bowlers here, we'll have a bit of fast bowling chat. But before um, just checking with you, Woody, how are you getting on? Ankle, obviously. Getting there, I think we've got training tonight. I think you're gonna gonna test it out, and you say yeah, yeah, gonna have a ball tonight. So um, I'm in positive 
mood so far. If that doesn't go well, the next podcast could be the most dour man on the planet. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm hoping to have a, a good ball tonight, and hopefully that goes well. Um, but we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. I'm, like I say, I'm feeling positive about it, so um, let's hope it goes well. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, as we said, Chris Wokes here. Be just chat a bit of fast bowling, I guess. We kind of the three of us are three very different fast bowlers, you'd say, wouldn't you? Obviously, you've got left arm, right arm, varying different paces, different actions, different styles. Uh, Woody and I a bit more grunt, you a bit more beauty, uh, Wokesy on and off the field. But um, what for, for you, what's your kind of, when do you feel your best? What's your, what's your kind of, can you think back to a moment where you've just been, you know, walking on air as such, any of those type of moments? Um, Edgebaston, what, yeah. semi-final? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, yeah, I mean, for me, that's one of my favourite moments on a field. I mean, obviously beating Australia in a World Cup semi-final, that's, you know, almost as good as it gets apart from beating them in the final but um, <laughs> I think um, yeah there's moments as a fast bowler where it's hard to put your finger on why it's, it feels so good I think you, you talk about rhythm and people explain it's like trying to explain rhythm and yeah. you almost you it's, can't. it's almost can't it's just a feel thing isn't it it's purely feel on how you feel on that day and the only way of explaining is when you're in rhythm is you, you're not really thinking about anything are you, you literally it feels easy work, doesn't yeah, it? it just feels easy it's almost like that shot with the bat that comes out the middle of the the, the, the the face and you kind of don't feel it off the bat. Same with the golf swing, like when you hit the ball and you know you've absolutely nutted it. It's the same with the timing of your bowling and your um, your action. You kind of glide into the crease and you kind of just get that sort of like, just easy feel at the crease. It doesn't feel like you're heavy. It doesn't feel like you're, you're grunting it down there. It feels like it's, you're in control of everything you do and you're almost not feeling it out of the hand. It just... Everything just comes out as you'd like it to. I think those moments for me have come more in red ball cricket than yeah. than white ball cricket. Um, I don't really know why that is, but I think with the red ball when when it's moving around, um, that's when I kind of get into into that good rhythm. And I said for me, it stems from my for my run up massively. Yeah, well, four hours for twelve feel. last game. Is that, you must have felt in good rhythm there, did you? Yeah, You're getting I did, great bounce as well. Yeah, but I. I, I I wouldn't say I didn't think I didn't think about rhythm in that last game. I just felt about where I was trying to put the ball and trying to snap into length pretty much more often than not. I don't think I I probably bowled two variations in that spell. You know, I almost just kept it simple. I felt like on that wicket, having got them as we touched on before, getting couple couple down early, you kind of get that little bit few balls grace. So I didn't want to change anything. Just smash the length as as hard as I could. So yeah, I wouldn't say I felt too you know too much about my rhythm in that game I just tried to run in and hit a length and tried to be consistent as I could do you guys also obviously I don't play four day crickets do you guys find that you do you sometimes try a bit too hard in T20 cricket because you know in, in T20 cricket you know you've got four overs to bowl everyone counts you know it's that higher level of expectation pressure whereas a four day game you know you can get yourself into a spell a bit you've, you've got to bowl 20 overs a, a day do you find you put yourself a bit do you sometimes find you go a bit too far the other way when playing T20s mate have you seen my action I fall over <laughs> every third ball I think I've put as much in as I can sometimes I think I have that I'm guilty of that in, in any format you can try a bit too hard and you get a bit tense and um, you then maybe not as accurate as you want I mean feeling that feeling that works you is talking about of like being in the zone I would say that you very rarely have that where you're totally there, but that definitely that feeling of feeling light for me, like whippy, um, you know, at ease with your action, running in. You don't feel like you're running in hard, but you are. And almost at times, I feel like when we talk about that, it's like the fielders are almost irrelevant at times. Like you're you're delivering the ball exactly where you want, and whatever fielders or or placings you've got is, you don't really notice them or feel them. Whereas when you're under pressure. You, you wish you had an extra man or 
they're not quite where you think they would be or um, they, they seem to like slide off in between fielders and stuff like that so I'd say I'd, pro I'd probably say that in test match cricket you can settle in a little bit more and you maybe can try a bit harder in 2020 but that's just the nature because you're under pressure a little bit more whereas if you chuck it in the channel at a good length in test cricket and, and they leave it you know it, it looks pretty but mm. really it's just a, you getting into your spell Whereas in 2020, you don't have that. You've got to be on it straight away, even when you're first... Like, say you've had ball two overs and you're coming back for your third over. That yeah. first ball, you've got to be on it straight yeah, away again. Like, um, it's not just a loosener at like, the top of off. You might be coming on that first ball to bowl a yoga yeah. or a wide slower ball. Or you've got to be so like accurate with it. But like we all know on those days in 2020, you can, you can feel in the best rhythm in the world and you bowl the perfect ball and the whack it for six. <laughs> and then there's days where you're tense, you're not getting it right, and you ball half volley in the chip in the mid-off. Yeah. So it's just the nature of the beast, really. You just have to you know, go through your, your rhythms, your processes, your, your prep before. And I feel like whatever happens in the game, you, you're trying as hard as you can anyway, and if it happens, it happens. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned a minute ago, um, you reckon you only bowled a couple of variations the other day. Probably good if we can give some insight into how we choose what we're going to bowl. Because you actually, it was a good example in the West Indies game when you yeah. pulled out of a delivery because yeah. you wasn't happy, and then the result yeah. of the next ball went perfectly. If you want to maybe tell that story for, yeah, the, for the listeners, I think massively in T20 cricket is playing a lot of times playing on the mindset of the batter or what you believe is the mindset of the batter, what yeah. you think the batsman's doing. So, touching on what you mentioned there, T, is in that game against the West Indies, I think I bowled two balls, two or three balls, I think it was, to Evan Lewis. And I just got a feel that he was he was going to do something different. He was going to, you know, he'd faced about five or six balls. And is that just a so good feel? Just do, pure good feel. Have yeah. seen him tapping the bat more, or is it just like a, is it just a literally a good feel thing? Pure good feel because I think he'd, I mean, we all know in a T20 game, you know, if, if if they haven't lost wickets at the top, and you've they've faced two or three dots, or they haven't got any runs, so to speak, or haven't You're scored a boundary, it, it's coming. You know <laughs> yeah. I mean? At some point, it's going to come. And that's yeah. what I mean by playing on the mindset of the bat. You know, he's under pressure to get boundaries at the top of the order. So I, 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 used to, I was at the back of my run-up and I, I came, I set off and I was just going to bowl a heavy length straight again. Well, that was my, what I was going to bowl. And halfway through I just pulled out and just, because halfway through I was thinking maybe I should go slow ball. So I pulled out, came back and I was like, right, he's going to come hard here. Let's go to the slow ball. And that's when we obviously got him caught um, the mid-off by a great catch by Mo. Did you, did you tell Mo not to walk in? Were you giving it the old Mo, don't walk in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Start jogging backwards. It's going to be on the fence. Um, but I think that's just a time where it actually worked and it yeah. came off and you know it, it, it looks brilliant. But there was other times, isn't it, where we go, you're kind of second-guessing yourself. Should I, should I go slow ball? Should I go yeah. hard length? Should I go bouncer? And I think in T20s, there's so much risk-reward. So there's a chance of you, you know, there's a chance of that delivery, whether it be a bouncer or a slow ball, going for a boundary or going for a six, but yeah. there is a good opportunity that you could get you a wicket. And yeah. I think that's when you just have to be brave in this format, don't you? You have to 100%. trust your instinct, go with it. If it comes off, great. If it doesn't, yeah. get back to your wacky mark and, and go again. So that's the one thing I'm big on is once you decide what ball you're going to bowl, you start running in, that's what, that's what ball you're going to... I'm not somebody, personally, I can't be... Start off at the end of my run up, think I'm going to bowl a slower ball, and then halfway through change it to a pace on ball or a Yorker because. Once if the move. Yeah, so I, I will always. So, say I'm running in and I'm bowling a. I've decided I'm bowling a slower ball this ball. I'm bowling a slower ball, and then my only change will be. Line. I will change my line or my length yeah. according to what the, what the batter what the did. So, a good time. So, against uh, Bangladesh the other day, I was just planning on bowling pace on heavy length, and then the guy. 
um, I forget his name, apologies, he, he, he came down the wicket at me. He took a big step down the wicket and I just instinctively then banged in the bouncer, um, kind of instinctively, and, and got a tickle, uh, tickle down, down, down through to the keeper. Which Nural Hassan banged Nural Hassan! Nural Hassan, uh, middle order, or batter. Um, but um, for me, I, I'm not somebody that can change pace on to pace off because that's just so much to think about. You're running in, you're looking, you, you may be looking at the front line, you're looking at the batter, you, you're thinking all of a, you know, one thing and then to suddenly change, just a whole different mechanic bowling a slower mm, ball, isn't yeah, it? Mm. As opposed to bowling a, a pace on ball. So have you, are you, are you quite similar, would you? Yeah, I would be exactly the same as you. I, I, if I know what I'm bowling and I've like made my mind up and I've got clarity on it, that's what I'm bowling as I'm running in. And then it's just the execution would change if the if the batsman moves. So like, for example, if you're trying to bowl it wide and they move wider, you'd probably chuck it even wider or, you know, if they're moving the leg side, you might try and not give them any width so you follow them. But you're still bowling pace on. I wouldn't then, I would find it very difficult to run in thinking I'm bowling pace on and mm. then go, yeah, right, I'm, now I'm going to bowl. And then like, that's exactly what, what Wiz said. He yeah, did the he exact stopped, right thing. Uh, the, the best thing to do in that situation is to actually stop, mm. turn around and, and then go again. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I, I, I haven't yet really, at, at the level we're at, obviously, at international level, I've yet to come across a bowler who can kind of change that mm. sort of so late in your action you know we we run in it doesn't always look like we're running in probably that quick but we're running in quick enough to be yeah, able yeah. to to be able to change your mind that that late and be able to change like you say the whole dynamics of your action really and your you know how quick your arm's going to come over and how it's going to come off your fingers to be able to change that so late is, is really difficult difficult question you two especially have taken what thousands of wickets in your in your careers but um have you got a ball that sticks out in your mind that's just been the best. I'll I'll start if you want. I've I remember back, got way back when when I played four day cricket a long time ago. I bowled a nice one to to Michael Klinger. One of those ones where, oh, anytime you can get the stump cartwheeling, as we all know, it's it's a great feeling. Um, and it was one for me. I'm not I'm not a big one that's swinging it back in, but I'm, I've got it to I reckon pitch on maybe leg stump and then nip across him, take the, take the top of off, and then yeah, the pole. The pole took a, a few, a few, what year a few was that? back. Oh, long time ago. As I said, I was playing four-day cricket. I was at Essex, uh, so it'll be what pushing ten years ago now. I reckon you made a, you made to get me out that year as well. We played a forty. It was a pro, pro forty. 40 yeah. that, that's, that's how old. That's how long we're talking. Hit me in the shin before yeah. I moved, and my bat was still on its way down. I was walking off <laughs> at Chelmsford. Was it? Chelmsford, yeah. Sorry, T's got both of us. Yeah. Oh, got you both. out. Yeah, you got me in uh, that KKR game or KKR. Yeah. Oh, so the RGB. game. Yeah. What? Big uh, IPL game at Eden Gardens. We I remember we bowled first. Yeah. I got you out court long on maybe or yeah, deep yeah, square was, or yeah, they that classic that classic. Oh, yeah. Done by the, the classic T. Ah, T. But we walked off. What bowled them out for 120, 130, whatever. Thought we you know we're in the game here. Then we got bowled out for the lowest IPL score of all time. I was batting at nine, I think, which tells you everything you needed to know about our our team that year. It but, tells uh, me that you should be batting nine in the England team. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll, <laughs> we'll maybe get to that later. What do you got? Have you got a ball that? That springs to mind? Yeah, I would say, well, in white in white ball cricket, um, I got a, a, a good ball to um, Shajil Khan at Lords um, against Pakistan, um, ran it down the hill, managed to bowl him there, and my, fav- my favourite ever would be St. Lucia, where I nicked off uh, Hetmai at the first slip, um, just purely because as a bowler, we were talking about this the other day in the dressing room, but as a bowler, I find LBW bowled, caught behind, I find the nick to first slip is the most satisfying, makes a lovely noise, you can see it all the way. It was, I was bowling quick that day, so they were a long way back and it, it looked good from my perspective flying through, so I'd say that yeah, would be my favorite. Everyone talks about that spell. Wiz, what, uh, what springs to your mind? I 
think my favourite one would be at Lords against Pakistan and it was an in-swinger which knocked the hobs out and at my pace <laughs> I don't generally knock the stumps out too often do you remember the batter? Um, all of the who's stumps the arms, who's the left arm quick? I'm just, I'm just thinking of his name left arm quick slingy Wahab Wahab it was Wahab batting so it wasn't like an absolute jet of a batsman <laughs> but um, yeah knocking stumps out is best so at so Lords far, bit of a roar at Lords as well uh, it wasn't for Pfeiffer, but I did get Pfeiffer, so well that was nice. Well yeah, cheers, mate. Thought, <laughs> thought I'd chuck that in there. How, um, how different would, of a bowler you'd say you are now in, in 2021 compared to three, four, five, six, however many years ago? Have you made a lot of changes to your action, You know, your run-up, your mindset? What, um, how, and do you think there have obviously been, been changes for the better? Yeah, definitely. I think I went through a phase, mate, really fairly early on in my career. I had relatively good success uh, when I first became a professional for Warwickshire and you know typical English seamer really was bowling you know late 70s maybe touching 80 mile an hour um, swinging it away um, and had good success and then kind of got tipped to go and play for England and you know made my debut for England and I made my debut in Australia um, and you know it, it kind of just it, it made me realise I needed to to up my game and mm. realise where I had to get to to stay at that level. I didn't want to just play one or two games. I wanted to, you know, potentially have a career at that level, and I had to put on some pace. Um, I didn't. I wouldn't say I completely changed my action. My action's been very, very similar from the day I started when I was probably about eight years old. But I've kind of had to tinker with a few things. My run-up was certainly one thing which I had to inject a little bit more pace into it. Um, my front arm was completely just. I just didn't use it basically um, so that was something which I had to kind of bring into into my game um, and then obviously at the same time was it was the timing of the action my arm was very much very like laboured in terms of it, there wasn't a delay I know you boys bowl at 90 mile an hour and you can see when you hit the crease there's a massive delay with your, your bowling arm coming yeah. over from your front arm coming through um, and that's something which I had to kind of integrate into my action because it was completely abnormal to me. Sure. Um, and it took a good couple of years for me to get it right. And I put on pace pretty quickly. Um, you know, I put on two, three, four mile an hour. Um, and it did make me a better bowler from that point of view. But I did lose a bit of my skill. So, you know, these things don't happen overnight. And whoever's listening, you know, don't expect these things to happen, like, you know, with a click of your fingers. It was something which took me probably two years to kind of nail down and get used to be able to bowl at a quicker pace yeah. my body being able to cope with it you know gym yeah, sessions yeah, yeah. getting stronger um, and then obviously without being able to keep some skill in, involved which is obviously a, a big part of my game when I'm only bowling you know I'm bowling low to mid 80s you need to be able to be quite skillful so plenty of changes but as I say it took quite a long time for me to to get to grips with it yeah, I think all bowlers go through changes, don't they? Um, yep. Woody, I know you've you've been the same. We've spoken about it. Um, I myself, but for me, my run-up's been the one thing that I always battled with. Or it was not if I battled with it, but it was always the one thing that when I got it right, my run-up was whenever my run-up was right, my bowling tended to yep. to go right as well. So it was just finding that consistent run-up. Whether that be pace, but that the difficult thing about cricket is that no two cricket grounds are the same, are they? So some, or even within a cricket ground, I play at Hove, and you're running up and downhill at Lords. You've got the slope left to right. You've got also you've got days when you just feel rubbish, and that affects your run up, doesn't yeah. it? And then that can affect your bowling. So um, for me, doing a lot of running work and running mechanics to try and just make my run up and my running as consistent as possible, that's been the one thing that I've changed a lot. And then this year, after having a couple of stress fractures, we actually looked at my 
at my bowling and my action and, and my run up and kind of saw some I'd, I'd gotten into a couple of bad habits and my run up I was from bowling over the wicket I was coming a bit wide and I was jumping in at the crease and then I was inconsistent was where I was landing on my front foot and I was putting more pressure on my on my back more of a more of a pinch without getting too technical and not having the benefit of images to to go with words here but um so we we've made some changes for that and you'll see now if any of you watching at home during the world cup I I draw myself a, a runway with the paint so I take quite a while it's, it's annoying if you're trying to mark your run up after I'm waiting for me to use the paint because I've got quite a lot of different marks that I do but I'll from over and around the wicket I'll have these two lines as a little runway for me to to run through so I don't get into those bad habits of jumping in over the wicket or jumping out so there are um, there are a couple of changes that, that I've made especially in the last couple of years Woody what about you mate? Um, obviously, the run-up has been well documented for me from that sprinter's run-up to the to the to the longer run-up, which has certainly helped. Um, other changes, you know, when I was a kid, I, I used to have a sort of windy run-up, then I would jump in and fall away, um, which would put more pressure on the you know the left side of my body, my ankle, and I would collapse a little bit. So I drilled that sort of straight line stuff at Durham and the academy. My actions change even now from when I started with England, when I've got more of a, like a coil in in my shoulders, you know, a um, bit more. Of, um, Rotation, which allows us to maybe get that extra whip. Um, I run in a little bit wider than I did. I used to run dead straight. So little tinkers here and there, but um, I, I would say all in all, you know, you tinker with your with little bits just because you're always trying to improve. I wouldn't say these are things that are, you know, it's, I've actually gone back to some things to how I originally bowled. I've changed some things. So it's all about trying to find that sweet spot where you feel like you can perform consistently. Anything else you want to you want to mention? Should we talk about maybe when it's not going so well? I think. We all have these moments in T20 cricket. Obviously, we haven't had too many of them in this tournament, but you know, looking back over our careers, we've had overs games where we've, you know, we've got smacked. We haven't gone gone so well. How do you, um, how do you boys deal with that? Say mid over, like you've gone four, six, six. The over's already a bad one. Mm. How do you stop a bad bad over being a horrendous over or uh, any any of those situations? Yeah, I mean, if I knew the answer, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Because we all have those moments where we, you know, we get some, a batsman gets hold of us, gets the better of us, um, and he's almost just knowing exactly where we're going to bowl the ball. And there's, there's no worse feeling than that in T20 cricket, I think. Do any um, spring to mind? Sort of, or have you got an, is um, there a, is there an over that any of you, you boys can, can remember? Well, I got launched in the practice game, didn't I, against Guptill for one over. But actually, in that practice game against New Zealand, it was like, you almost have to bluff yourself a little bit like I, and he just got one over mid on then he played a good shot and then so actually I'm thinking in my mind like I've I've bowled that where I've wanted to yeah, ball yeah, yeah. he's played a good shot I've nearly had him caught so you're almost bluffing your own mind to think well, well it's not a bluff necessarily that's, you've, that's execute, a, you've that's... executed what you want he's just He's either played a good shot or he's getting away with yeah, it or that's, something that, like that. The so. skill is identifying, did the batter play a good shot or did you bowl a bad ball? And, and if you don't execute, it might be re-evaluating. Like the, uh, Morgie, I think, is really good for me. He takes time out of the game where, you know, sometimes I can be, you know, I'll get my mark and I want to run in again and yeah. try it again or, you know, be a bit more like, um, you know, things are racing a little bit too much. Whereas he could calm me down, what's the plan, have clarity. And then almost it takes your mind away from that he's just hit it for six or it's just gone for four or I'm up against it here and then almost you can be like right just focus on this next ball only instead of thinking well the last three balls have gone for six six four or something like that focus on this next ball only and then you can sort of get back into your structure and your over that way rather than thinking too far ahead or looking too far back and I think in 2020 quick cricket quick it 
cricket, <laughs> it's quite important that you think of that one ball at a time, especially when you're under pressure rather than when, you know, when things are going great, it just seems to sink in, sink, things sink into like rhythm dead easy. You can like progress it over the way you want it. When it's not going well, I think it's even more important then to focus on one ball only, or for me, I don't know if you two are the same, but for one ball only to then bring yourself back into the moment, not being, you know, up a height or anxious or, you know, anything like that. Yeah, I think that's spot on, Woody, because I think there's so many times where your first three balls of the over have gone for boundaries or whatever it is. You're immediately, it's natural, I think, a human reaction would be to, I need to get this over. I need to get this over. Yeah. I need to bowl my sixth ball and walk, get down to fine leg. <laughs> but actually, you've got three balls where you can still change the yeah. game or change the rhythm of what's happening. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, you, the most important thing is if you've gone for three boundaries, you either get that guy off strike, get can bowl at the other guys. Like, how can I get this guy to just be at the other end? Um, you know he's got the wood over me at the minute, but mm. you know if I get him off strike and bolt the other guy, um, and, and start again, start afresh. And we all know that in T20 cricket, that one ball, two balls can change an innings, can't they? You know, it can completely change the momentum. But it's such a, a huge, you know, three balls in a T20 game, especially in your spell, is, is yeah. such a, a huge um, amount of your deliveries that you got got to deliver. And obviously, you bowl at a tough time during the game. Do you? Do you actually enjoy that, or do you, do you find it like hard to do, or do, do you like look forward to it and think, no, I'm going to get wickets here? Or yeah, I, I I think naturally I prefer bowling at the top than I do at the death, which sounds daft, I suppose, because you got more fielders out at the death. <laughs> but I'm more suited to bowling with the newer ball. Yeah. But I enjoy that challenge of you know trying to get wickets at the top. Obviously, bowling at, at good batters at their so-called you know maybe best batters, um, and I, I do enjoy that challenge. Um, I think you know you have to try and embrace T20 cricket as a bowler. You know you are going to have moments where you go around the park. You are going to go at tens occasionally. Um, on certain days, tens is going to be a good, yeah. good, a good, <laughs> um, good outcome. So it's just, I suppose, just making sure you, you realise that some days it's not going to be great. It's going to be hard. Um, but try and enjoy that challenge. And you know, there's nothing better I feel than in a T20 game when you come out on top at the death you know such a difficult time to bowl when you come up out on top against these world class players that actually can you know can launch the ball out of the park when you come out on top in those moments I don't think there's a better feeling to be really honest no 100% I found myself in a in a, in a, in a tough spot during the summer uh, uh, the overall blast game playing against Surrey first ball I bowled to Will Jacks yeah. dropped Dolly mid-wicket oh. Travis Head cheers mate dropped yeah. and you do you think about I thought about that drop probably I was annoyed obviously because yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. likes a, a, a drop catch and yeah. then mate Jack's hit me for 27 I think off the next off the next five balls um, right. and it's, it's a, I was probably then guilty of just not letting that drop yeah. Yeah. go because I don't think the next ball went for either four or six obviously because the next five of them pretty much all went over the fence but yeah. um yeah, it's, it, it can be a tough place. T uh, Twenty cricket sometimes, can't it? What's the, what's the worst? You what, is that the worst you've? That was my definitely my worst over. I think it went for 27, 28 and one of those was a, was a drop catch. I got belted in uh, South Africa. Um, and I think I bought like three overs for like fifty, and honestly, I was like, I'm giving up. That's it. I'm selling <laughs> my boots. I'm not coming back. And uh, then we, act, I think they got like two twenty or something. It was in Pretoria. Yeah. And then we knocked it off. At the end of the game, I was like, this is the greatest game I've ever had. You soon forget about your three overs for 50 when everybody else is going around the park. It's yeah. a, maybe a good one to, to finish on is how how other, how other your teammates' performances can affect you. So, like, it's such a good example. You and Mo have been bowling mm. brilliantly so far at the top. 
So say when I come on at the end of the power play, there is an expectation to, mm. you know, to close out that power play, to keep on top. Yeah. Um, Woody, have, have you found that as well? You don't want to, you, if, if everybody else is bowling well, you don't want to be the guy that's, mm. that's letting the team down. Both personally, pride, we're all, you know, pr- proud blokes. We all want, we, we want to do our best every time we play for the team and for ourselves. Um, how, do, how have you found that? Previously? No, I think it's spot on. I and that crosses like, all formats as well, doesn't yeah, it? I think it's what, probably even worse in a test match, would you say, mm. when you've got everybody else bowling well and you just, you're just having a bad day and you're going at four, five and over. Yeah. How does, um, how no, does I that I think happen? that's one of, my, one of my things that we actually openly talk about in like bowling means and things is actually passing your spell on to the next guy. So you finish your spell brilliant. It's ended well, right? The next guy starts that spell well. So it's sort of like you're trying to keep the pressure on. Um, in 2020 cricket, obviously, it's a bit more difficult to do that with batters naturally coming at you a bit more and trying to score. But like you've both said, like Moore has started brilliant, Walks he's started brilliant, so it's actually made it easier for guys coming on because they're getting wickets, they're keeping it tight. The but wickets it, is the key thing. Because yeah. if, if these guys had, had bowled tightly but hadn't taken wickets, mm. there's still that pressure because the batters are in by then. They've, yeah. it, maybe they haven't been scoring as mm. quickly, but... They've got used to the pace of the exactly. pitch, yeah. whereas these guys obviously been. We've had them three down, four down. Mm. The batters then that are in now are just going to be less aggressive, exactly, aren't they? Yeah. But um, look, we'll we'll end it there. Obviously, we've we've spoken. It's probably the most serious chat we've had, isn't it? Yeah. On the on the on the <laughs> podcast, <laughs> we haven't we haven't actually <laughs> talked, spoken that much cricket. But um, again, you guys have been um, sending messages in to our email address, goodpaceforradio at bbc.co.uk. So we'll go through a few questions, uh, give a bit of insight. Got one from. Prina Yadav, thanks for, for messaging in. Thanks for telling us the build up, what the build-up is like to a match, but what happens after a game? Do you have to do interviews? Is the drug testing? What do you eat? Do you sit and watch other games? What's, talk us through... Every, well, Wiz has been doing interviews and man of the match uh, <laughs> accolades after every game because he's obviously the world's best player at the moment. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's very different. I've, I've, I got drug-tested this summer during the, during the 100, and then I got done four times during the 100 after a game. Then I got done after the quarterfinal, the blast, and the semi-final, all within a two, three, three-week period. I got drug tested, so that takes the sting out of out of again. We won the hundred, yeah. and I got drug tested. I got pulled straight away to go and do drug testing. So for those of you who don't know, pretty much as soon as the game finishes and you walk off, the two the two blokes are just stood there, aren't they? And everybody looks around. Oh, who's who's getting pulled? Who's getting pulled? And you get taken away straight away to you know go do your Maybe paperwork. Maybe you've got that like, dodgy stuff. look about you. Maybe they're oh, looking at you and, you and you can't look away, and they're like, "That's do, him. That's him. That's the guy." That do you know what it is? I, I, I think it's been because I've gone more than three weeks without being injured. They're actually, <laughs> Maybe they're thinking, "Oh, what's Mills up to here?" But, um, <laughs> it's probably usually because you pay a ball ninety four by an hour rocket. So, like, <laughs> you've got to test these guys. <laughs> what do you? Uh, what's what's a What's a game post game normally look like for you? Right? I just I normally just hold Wooksy grits, man. Give him a nice <laughs> take curl. Just don't let go. Don't let go. Let me so you Post game is like I reckon it's changed, it's changed, doesn't it? Over the years, it never yeah. used to be so. Probably, I mean, it's, as professional as it probably can be, but I think you first and foremost for me, I just I just want food, mate. Yeah. I just want to eat. Um, <laughs> our nutritionist has been good, isn't it? She's like you know, fuel to perform, get fuel in. S&C I think twenty twenty is knackering me. Yeah, like, but tiring. Like, you're, they're mentally so on every ball, aren't you? Like, yeah. and uh, although you're only bowling four overs, I'm knackered at the end. So eating, like, you're starving by the yeah. end of the game, aren't you? Yeah, smash your feeding. Um, I don't know. I suppose there's a lot of media going on, especially at ICC events. Yeah. There's always media going on, so guys are here, there, and everywhere. We then obviously all probably get back in the dressing room, don't we? Is this your posh voice now? Is this your TV voice now? TV voice, yeah. <laughs> TV voice, yeah. Less brummy. Less brummy, yeah. <laughs> the missus always says that. Amy always says, you don't say brummy on TV. <laughs> funny, funny that. Funny that, that yeah. <laughs> um, 
but it's, but it's yeah. a relaxed atmosphere, isn't it? And there's, yeah. you know, you can have a beer if you want. Which it, you, you say it's not like years gone by where no. you know they're having beers during the game. Well, whatever, it depends what's happened in the game as well. Yeah, often when we've won, like yeah. it's like the atmosphere is pretty good. Everyone's bouncing around, yeah. like a few jokes. Like lads are like hanging out together. If you've lost, it's a very different atmosphere. Lads are just packing their kit. Yeah, they just want to get no out. No one's do anything. You just yeah, yeah. it's pretty quiet and. But this this group's pretty good, I think. It's pretty level, isn't it? We don't seem to get too high when we win. We break things down well. But yeah, I, I think after the game, it's I think it's pretty chilled, isn't it? It's yeah, a, pretty not... much. Again, it all depends on how the game's gone. We didn't have a debrief actually, did we? After the game against Bangladesh, I assume mm. we'll have that probably tomorrow in our meeting. Looking forward yeah. to Australia. But whereas after the West Indies game, we actually sat and had a bit of a chat. Didn't we? Well, Do we, we actually... watch other games. We don't really watch other games, do we? No. So we had to. So the first game, we obviously we were an evening game in Dubai, weren't we? So we hung around a bit afterwards. Yeah. But because we were an afternoon game in Abu Dhabi the other day, we actually had to be out of the... We 15 got, minutes? We, we got told... We, minutes. Yeah, we, we got told uh, our manager, Wayne, was getting an absolute earful because yeah. we got told 15 minutes after the game we had to be gone because... Scotland and Namibia were kicking off not that long after us. So we had to pack all our sweaty kit and we got kind of just ushered into a... It was a nice little sports bar actually mm. over the over Can the road. Can we check your kit? I hope you've got everything. No, I haven't got actually anything. Oh, no, Harry, next game. Once you won, once you won. But um, yeah, no, after a game, it's you know so far after the games have been a good, good atmosphere, good environment. Uh, we've got Eddie Wright, who not only has he sent in a, a question, but he's also got a claim to fame that he opened the bowling for Belgium in 2012. Wow. Yeah, good for you, uh, Eddie. How um, are you watch? Are you, are you up to date with Belgian cricket, Woody? Well, Eddie Wright doesn't sh- strike me as the most uh, Belgique name that I've ever heard. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't recognise Eddie Eddie Wright. But I, I believe him. I believe him. Do you want to read a question out? Tamal, <laughs> did I really see you throw with your right hand so accurately that you got a run out? If so, how on earth can you be that ambidextrous? What does it feel like to have that much control and coordination with your wrong shoulder and did it come naturally? I would love to claim that I actually throw left-handed and then but just for that occasion I threw just it right-handed off. but mm-hmm. um yeah I I can't throw with my left my left hand really which doesn't make much sense. There's a few other guys that do it. Jack mm-hmm. Leach, he also bowls left-handed, throws yeah. right. Sammy Patel. Sammy Patel, Liam Dawson, Dawson does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're all left-arm yeah, spinners. Yeah. So they, they all... It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, really? I don't know why. Yeah, so I, I throw right-handed and I bowl left-arm. Um, I, I honestly don't know why. I'd, I'd been throwing longer than I've been bowling, so I guess I th- learned to throw yeah. right-handed when I was young. And then whenever I started playing cricket, for some reason, left-handed. Yeah, I'm, are you too ambidextrous? Or I've got a mate back home, Lloyd. He might as well not have a left arm. His left arm <laughs> is pointless. He can't do anything with it. Like, you lob him an underarm catch and ask him to catch it left-handed. He'll just miss nah, it. Nah, he's, he's, he's pointless. You two guys, are you all right? Um, I'm all right. I mean, I've seen Wiz on the football field and he uses both feet. So uh, uh, he's, pretty, he's pretty good. But nah, nah. I'm, I'm all right, unfortunately. Same, same, all right. My left peg is not great, mate. So I don't know what, <laughs> don't know what game you were watching. Must have been a one up. I'm all over the place with my hands. I'm like darts, right handed, obviously, I throw right handed. Pool, I'll be left handed. Uh, racket sports, right handed. You are I, all over the place. I write, you? You I, bat right-handed, I bat right handed. Right? I'll write left handed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a. No one likes to show off me. Bit of a special character. <laughs> uh, I had a message as well from my mate Richard back home, Richard Thurston. Uh, he messaged me privately. He didn't bother going through the, the through, through the channels uh, provided. But his his question is, who picks the batting order for the tail? Because even though Adil Rashid has a first class hundred, Mark Wood has a Test fifty. 
I can still see them trying to get you, as in me, above them in the order. <laughs> so he's obviously trying to. He's obviously been watching me in the nets, um, Richard. Um, no, why is he trying to stir the pot? Well, we've taken down the bottom of the order, aren't we? I don't know why he's been like that. Uh, do you know what? It depends who's bowling, doesn't it? If somebody's bowling 95 mile an hour <laughs> yeah. at the other end, yeah, then you're number nine. Norkia or somebody like that who we're going to face later in the in the competition. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure we're all scrapping to get out there, but. Um, yeah. Surely in a T20, it's just whoever can hit the biggest bombs, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I should be batting down the order, even further <laughs> down the order, if that's the case. Well, hopefully, right. So far, none of us I have know, been, we've none of us have been needed. I've seen T practice in the scoop shots, so he's yeah. a man for all positions. Well, no, you've, you've seen one. I tried one and I missed it. And so <laughs> um, I, I mustn't say I've got it in the. Well, T, before we go any further, I have had an email from Richard. Good enough? That's kind of be right. Yeah, good. my old PE teacher. At Is school. that right? Yeah. Good enough? Is he second? His last name's good enough. He plays cricket. Yeah. Right. And he didn't That's make, an incredible. And, and, and he didn't. Yeah. He didn't make it professionally, so he obviously wasn't. <laughs> well, we've had an email from Richard Goodenough. Um, yes, your former teacher. He has asked us a question about field settings, but we decided it would be more interesting to take some serious stories from him. So, what do you think? He told us one about when you were on your Duke of Edinburgh expedition. Do you, do you know this? Uh, I remember going on Duke of Edinburgh. I hated every second of it. <laughs> Tamal managed to burn super noodles, but he was so hungry that he ate them anyway. That Duke of Edinburgh trip, yeah, honestly. Quite possibly the worst. Did you enjoy school? I loved school. Mm. Oh, I had the best time. Like Duke of Edinburgh, that was a good crack. Cause it was just me and a bunch of lads going for a walk for two days. But it was, I mean, it chucked it down. Obviously, I didn't know how to make super noodles Sounds or baked like beans or anything. Oh. Well, and my mates, I remember it was one of those like you share it. If I can remember, it's a long time ago. It's what 15, 16. You're like you're sharing a tent with a mate, and my mate was just you know mucking around wouldn't let anybody else sleep yeah. and oh, it was just a it was a shocking couple of days he also says that he had an argument with a moderator who didn't give you full marks for your level cricket assessment yeah, 100%. <laughs> t remains humble to this day and everyone at mct <laughs> thanks him for his work slash shirts that he's given us uh, since he has left can we talk through this um ear level cricket assessment then? yeah so obviously i did Sport as A level, as I'm sure yeah. you guys did also, and obviously I chose cricket as my sport because at the time I was playing. I was in the England under 19s. Mm. I think I was just about to go on tour or something. I was I was playing for England under 19s, and you have to do your little assessment that you do in the sports hall. My my school wasn't. I went to state school. Do you, you guys play for state school also? Yeah. Um, so we didn't have like a big cricket facility, but they set up a net in the indoor, you know, in the in the sports hall, and I had a bowl and stuff and a. It was very basic, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the guy gave me like a B or a C, and I, I, I just, I was like, mate, I'm, I'm literally about to go away to play for England under 19s at my age group, and he's, he's just knocked me down. Like, see. Mickey, not see it. I bore left arm, I threw a right arm, I've got it all. Mate. <laughs> Went through the whole, um, whole repertoire, but um, he's just keeping you grounded, mate. Saying oh, you still got work to do. Here. Did he? God, I was. I was Pretty, pretty annoyed about honestly. Who that was, the, was, was judging you, Ricky Ponton? I can't remember. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd, I'd rather it would have been. So at least I would have respected the fellow. I've still, I see, I'm holding that grudge to this day. But um, luckily, it hasn't held me back too much since then. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Mr. Good. I'll call him Mr. Good enough. Still, he's, um, he's, um, he's, I still see him around. He's MCC member and stuff, so he comes to the games and and those bits and bobs but um yeah no, i think that's that's about it for the for the questions for for mm. the day thank you everybody keep please keep uh keep bringing them in we've uh, we're playing against australia tomorrow in dubai and then we've got another game monday night against sri lanka so we'll probably record the next episode tuesday or wednesday yeah. uh, we've got a little bit of gap actually haven't we? we play as i say these two games saturday monday then we don't play again till 
the following Saturday. So, um, yeah, we'll get another episode recorded uh, next week. Uh, of course, you can listen to both those games in full on BBC Five Live Sports Extra and via the BBC Sounds app. And what else can you do? Willie, you can watch highlights, can't you? You can watch highlights, as you've just put me right on the spot there, as I've just totally switched off from the podcast. You? Uh, you can watch highlights uh, during the game on the BBC Sport website and app. Thanks, T, for doing that. Yeah, no worries. And Wokesy, thanks a lot for joining us, mate. Always good to get a, a fresh face and um, yeah, keep up the good work. No worries, lads. Enjoy it. Thanks right. very much. Thanks, everybody. Take it easy. Cheers. Inside England's World Cup bubble, this is Good Pace for Radio with Tamar Mills and Mark Woods. Blah, 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 blah. Happy? Uh,